0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports. On today's show, we've got an NWSL recap for everybody. But before we get into everything, a quick reminder to watch all of our episodes and exclusive interviews on YouTube. Please subscribe to our page to get notified whenever we go live at youtube.com slash attacking third. If you're joining us live, thanks everyone for voting for us uh, in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. And thanks to all of you, we have advanced into the final round. So if you voted for us before... Please check your email because about a third of you will be getting an email uh, asking you to vote for us in the final round. So you got to hit up your spam files and folders and look (laughs) for an email with a subject that's titled Podcast Awards Final Slate Voting. And there you will be able to vote for attacking third to win Best Female Hosted Podcast. So thank you all so much. Sunday late night. Appreciate being with you. How are you doing tonight, Lisa?
0: Sandra, you sound a little tired, and I respect that because it, it is was Sunday night today. <laughs> double soccer today. It was very spread out. We had matches Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, um, closing out this weekend. I'll, I'll bring some energy into this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's late for us. We're going live around ten thirty on Sunday night, but I I love it because the game just ended between Chicago and Angel City, and I know. Chicago red stars gets you fired up. You're actually in your red star shirt. I think I can see that. Um, you know no. what? I guess it could qualify as a, it's actually a bull shirt, but Oh, it's a bullshit. Chicago. I saw like the red and the blue, you know, half seeing it. Um, yeah. I'm good. Happy to jump on here with you. Spend some time with the family this weekend. So that's always good. I but, um, I mean, we're back to talking soccer, so, you know, I am here for it and there's a lot to talk about.
1: Listen, I, I need to let the folks know that We are also going to chat a little bit about Women's Cup, give an update on that because that kicked off today. So that was like everything was happening today. It was like Women's Cup, like two Women's Cup games. The quarterfinal rounds kicked off today and then we had the couple of games for for NWSL. So let's look, we we do this sometimes when we go live. Let's start with uh, the most recent game that's likely freshest in everyone's mind. Let's talk about Angel City versus Chicago Red Stars. This was the final game of the weekend and Angel City coming out as the winners in this one, a narrow one zero victory over the Chicago red stars. Lisa, I think we both had Chicago in this one. I had a draw. You had a draw. Oh, man, I had
0: a draw between either either way. We were led down today (laughs) coming into this one. And you had Chicago taking the win um, to, to close out this weekend. But I mean, angel city, they, they get on the board first um, and they end up running away with this one just at the very start of the second half, but um as a Chicago fan, but native, what are your thoughts on this one? How do you think the Red Stars did? It was announced right before the game, Mallory P would not be there. She didn't travel with the team mm. to LA for this game, dealing yeah. with a bit of, of knee um injury soreness. But um, overall the performance from the Red Stars throughout uh this game, what do you what are you thinking of it? What do you make of it?
1: You know, like when the availability report dropped, it was <sighs> Maybe I've been become like desensitized to it a little bit for the Chicago Red Stars team because this is a team that's been going out there this year and has been picking up results in light of l- like losing week to week, what is like anywhere from five to six starters. So you see that availability report and you're just kind of like, oh, it's the same like mass amount of players who are missing, but you, then you see the addition of Mallory Pugh on it. And you're like, Oh, okay. So this is just going to be another one of those types of weekends. So we're talking about a team that's been without Morgan Gattrall for, for the majority of the year, been without Kalia Watt, Casey Kruger, um, Sarah Wildmo, you know, as, as those are players who are out on maternity leave Tierda Davidson made her exit from this season very, very early on. And every once in a while there's been an, ad- an additional starter that's, perhaps been listed on that availability report, which, whether it's been somebody like a Bianca St. George's or an Aaron Wright or uh, even a Rachel Hill. And now we saw this week uh, Mallory Pugh. So, yeah, good to know. Um, coming out of postgame, it looks like um, Chris is gave a little bit more clarity on that, uh, talking about that it's some right knee inflammation that that Mel Pugh is dealing with. But it was one of those things, even without that actual clarity or knowledge, you see this team once again head into a match week, missing a ton of players that they've already been missing for the most part this year. But you're wondering like, well, this team has been doing well enough to this point to go out there and collect results. And to be frank, I think with this particular match, when we, when you and I were previewing it, that was maybe part of the argument i think that you made for for the draw essentially yeah, and that this is a, a still a very competitive team despite the roster being pretty split between some of the experienced players and a ton of new faces and then there was an angel city side where we were unsure if somebody like a Sydney LaRue was going to be available. She's she's sort of been listed on unavailable on, on reports lately um, and how they were going to look and feel coming off of this kind of midweek exhibition game that they had against Tigres Femenil. So you were like, hey, I'm going for a draw here. Um, so honestly, I thought that there was enough here for this rest of our team to go out there and get a result. It just, it just didn't happen. Um, and sort of looking at kind of the breakdown of things towards the end of the night, you're talking about 13 shots to nine total shots, three on target apiece. And the game winner ends up kind of being a little uh, a, a type of goal that kind of almost gave the impression where it's just like, I'm not too sure if like even L.A. was was mm-hmm. in belief that they were able to get it in the back of the net. But that's all that matters is that it made its way into the back. Whether it looked fluky or fell fluky or not, you've got a 1-0 scoreline and all three points for an Angel City side that is in a position right now, that needs to go out there and be, uh, you know, picking up these points. And I think if you're on the Chicago side of thing, you know, you're looking at this as maybe, Hey, this is, this is one where you just sort of have to put behind you and look ahead. Technically when you're looking at the standings, it's a game that they could, I guess afford to drop when you're kind of looking at things like that. But I think in terms of the level of play on the pitch, they're disappointed to not get a result. I was really impressed with Vanessa DiBernardo once Mm -hmm. more, just sort of felt like she was everywhere on this pitch and, just kind of did everything except get the goal uh, for this one for the red stars, but um, big points, big points for angel She's, city.
0: These are huge points for angel city in, in this match. And honestly, um, as you mentioned, ones that Chicago could afford to lose at this point in, in the season, um, 15 games played so far and, and they dropped to six uh, with 23 points and angel city rises with 21 points to seventh place in the standings, but Chicago started the weekend with a third or fourth, I believe, fourth, fourth I think. I think just under Houston started the weekend. So I'm really only dropping two spots in, in this match. But um, when watching this game on network with CBS sports network with JP and Lori, we got to hear from Savannah McCaskill at the halftime, which I love hearing from players about, especially when the broadcasters ask good questions like Lori and JP asked tonight, because they asked Savannah how they find the back of the net, what needs to happen. And lo and behold, two minutes into the second half, they do exactly that. It was, she was like, we're knocking, we're getting these chances. We're getting opportunities, yeah. um, down the right flank. Angel city had a lot of success with, with what they were able to do tonight down, um, the right side with Lucy McCaskill played out wider on that right side, mm-hmm. which proved to be much better for angel city. I mean, she's such a, a, an integral part of angel city's attack and, and they just kept going at, um, Malazzo and, and Lubert on this, um, Left side for Chicago. So when you look at kind of like the player balance and things like that, there's so much that comes into it and depth. I mean, we just talked about Mallory Pugh, Sydney LaRue out for this one. Um, A lot of fans saw her at the game in a boot and in crutches. I am not entirely sure about that. A lot of eyes. Yeah, that's a lot. lot I mean, it's a lot of eyes and they're all looking. So there's a lot of eyes in LA. And I I personally don't know much, but in a boot and crutches could mean. Any number of things, anything from, Hey, we don't want you to put any pressure on it tonight, (laughs) tomorrow you're going to play in contact training. So like there's a lot of uh, a wide range of what could be happening there with Sydney LaRue, but um, ultimately huge three points for Angel City that they collect at the end of this weekend that um, really sets the tone, I think, for the next month of NWSL soccer for sure.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. And I think for certain teams, and we'll talk a little bit about, I think with with other teams who have found themselves slipping in the upper half of the table, because that happened a bit. Things shifted a little bit. Um, You look at Chicago and you just see that availability report week in, week out. And then you see mid-game player like Aaron Wright be substituted out of the match. And you just sort of wonder, like, is this going to be something else that this team um, has to deal with down uh, down the road? So it's something that we'll have to pay attention to. But let's keep talking about some of the big winners across this weekend with big scorelines. Oh,
0: Before you jump into this big winners, we're live on YouTube right now. Uh, Lucy, happy birthday. You, we got a birthday? You, yeah, she jumped in the chat and said it was her birthday today. So we're talking about big winners. Uh, Lucy, happy birthday. You're a big winner. Shout Come out. Into this segment.
1: Shout out to Lucy. Happy happy B Day. Feliz cumpleaños. Thanks for joining us on your birthday. Appreciate that. Um, big winners and also some big score lines. We we gotta we gotta talk about North Carolina Courage and Kansas City current. Kansas City current keeping up their streak, keeping that undefeated streak alive with a four-three win against North Carolina Courage. There was a lot of good stuff in between this one, Lisa. I mean, you're talking about the opening goal scoring here with this beautiful buildup and link up between uh Caroline Debina, to Ardonies uh for Ardonies to ultimately go ahead and break the rookie season record of most uh goals scored by a, in a rookie season uh with 8. So it's like you got the good energy and the good vibes going here in in this match but it was like incredibly short lived and it was a quick turn. you're talking just like 2 to 3 minutes later you had Kansas City getting the equalizer from Kristen hamilton so the opening 20 minutes of this match pretty much for me watching Lisa set the tone totally. for the entire duration of the match and i think at one point in my live viewing of it i tweeted out i was like give me that 4-4 draw i feel it in my bones and we almost got it what did we have for the picks in this one
0: um i had kansas city in this one um i believe you had north carolina in this one
1: I don't remember. I I feel like that's incorrect, but I think like I think
0: uh, I've been high we've both been high on Kansas City. So I, I I think we both went Kansas City. We both went Kansas City. Yeah, I mean this game, as you mentioned, the opening 20 minutes set the tone. Frankly, having Caroline back for North Carolina and the combination play between her and Davina is just unmatched and, and North Carolina, they can score goals in their last eight games. They've scored 20 goals. Now, North Carolina courage has also conceded 20 goals in those last, um, eight games because they are picking up ties, three, three ties, two, two ties and draws and, and losing this one 4-3, like those are so many goals scored in this one. But I think you said it best. I mean, giving Diana Ordonez a little shout out for sure. She scored in the last three games. Um, she's on a streak right now for North Carolina. But it was really such a back and forth Battle that North Carolina could have had the upper hand, but after they scored goals, they they let it drop. So they go up first. Um, Diana Ardonia's gets her fifth goal, uh, three straight game or excuse me, her eighth goal of the season. Uh, she scores first, and then Kansas City equalizes with Kristen Hamilton on a corner kick. There was a bicycle kick from Elizabeth Ball during the sequence of play. <laughs>
1: Um, wild.
0: And both of those goals, the opening one for North Carolina and the opening one for Kansas City were poorly defended plays by both sides that the teams then capitalized on. So um, they almost get e- canceled out. Right. It's equalized one one at this point. Yeah. Then Dabinia gets a great goal in the 36th minute. It's a breakaway play. Caroline is driving at Kansas City's back line. And Dabinia slots in on the right side of her. It's a heads-up play by Caroline to play Dabinia right in stride. A great goal. And then right before the half, Lola Bonta responds with an incredible strike of her own. It was a bullet of a shot right outside the box. So now it's 2-2 heading into the halftime. And I just don't – I was not expecting – four goals in the first 45 minutes. And then we get more in the second half, um, 56 minute North Carolina courage goes ahead again. Kaylee Kurtz. Um, she gets her third goal of the year, a bit of a glancing header from her. And then CC Kaiser responds for Kansas city. It's her fifth goal seven games. Uh, this was a moment when Claire um, subbed on Lavoge for Kansas city. She subbed on for Victoria Pickett and she made a difference in this game because she tends, she actually gets the assist on this goal from CC Kaiser, but it was just a great cross into the box that then becomes a scrum that North Carolina can't clear out of the box. And Kaiser ends up getting on the end of it. And then Lavogé ends up getting the game winning goal at the end of this one, a strike from distance, her first NWSL goal. Kansas City is now 10 games undefeated, climbing the standing. I love it. This was huge, right? Like, I love it. This was a massive game for Kansas City. It's what they needed to get this win. They're, They're now back to back wins and 10 games undefeated it's amazing for this Kansas City side and I yeah, love it's tough. it. It's tough to,
1: it's tough in this league to even go on a streak that long but I think it's even tonner, tougher to try to crack double digits. I think we saw like um like like uh Chicago at one point have like a 9 game streak and they couldn't make it to 10 and then I think you've got mm-hmm. uh Portland right now at the moment I believe they're on an 11 game so it's like very, it, yeah. it's very very tough to do and watching this Kansas City side do it I just keep coming back almost nearly every performance and I'm just so impressed with Lola Bonta every single time I and mean, you look at some of the past maps that come out of these matches in Kansas City can looks like their network their passing network can sometimes be very narrow at times very kind of direct but it's working for this team right now and I don't think at this point in the season that's necessarily something that you're gonna change up in, entirely but I think what's equally important about that is that you have a player like labanta who has become very integral to this team and to their midfield. Someone who's been able to pull those strings, both disrupt and generate play, create goals right on her own, um, both by assisting and um, scoring them. But you know, hearing her comments out of the post game, saying like, "Yeah, like." amazing right we got this amazing. big win big goal score but we let in three goals like we want the clean sheet like that's not that's not acceptable you know defensive uh behavior let's just call it so um it, it gave me a little bit of a, a chuckle to sort of see that that was her response to that um coming out of a game like this because you know if you're neutral you're like whoa like seven goal game like you know
0: you're neutral <laughs> you need to be watching north carolina every <laughs> single weekend because they don't
1: have low scoring games
0: yeah um But it was cool to just sort of
1: see that because um, you want, I think at this point in the season, you're starting to see who's separating themselves Mm -hmm. in the table. And uh, if you're going to be a playoff contender in in this league, like you, that's absolutely something you're keeping an eye on. It's like you don't want to get too high high on the highs and you definitely don't want to get too low on the lows. And so to have, yes, you will have the three points and you're thrilled about that. But you have, of course, the veteran kind of putting the team in check and saying like, "Uh uh-uh, we got work to do still here.
0: Exactly. So I want to ask you a question, Sandra, as um, we go through this, we talk so much about preseason standings, mid, mid season standings. We do our predictions. We yeah. do dark horses. We do all these things. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on Twitter, people in our live chat right now have been saying that Kansas city is a dark horse right now to win. I, I don't think Kansas city qualifies as a dark horse because no. I was expecting them to do this. No, so we're on, I, record.
1: Yeah. on so, record. We said that Kansas city was going to have a, a top five, Exactly. It is, the top five
0: season What qualifies a dark horse because it's not kansas city we were expecting no i think the dark horse
1: right now is no i think a dark horse kansas right Sanders. now is is like la is is orlando even you could put them in the mix of that um someone who's gonna like you know dark horse you're behind in the race and you're gonna exactly. you know eventually shock exactly. folks and and uh go ahead and. Uh, I think see everyone's them in the
0: forgetting that Kansas City played spoiler at the end of the. 20- oh yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's 2021 I mean, season last year. That's what they did. They went through and they became a wrecking ball and they took points off teams that yeah. could have made were the. Very playoff. fun to watch
1: on the second half last season, and yeah. they went on of like a really good home game streak to kind of close out their 2021 season. So, to see them sort of build off of that and they kind of try to, you know, add pieces in in their off season, Those same pieces have not, you know, been a part of this incredible run. You know, they've been without uh, Lynn Williams since very early on coming out of the Challenge Cup. Um, Samantha Mewis has officially been, you know, said that she's on the season ending uh, injury list. They've been doing that without these kind of two star like USWNT star caliber players on this team. And they're they're getting these results with the personnel on, on the pitch and um, yeah, talking a lot about Lola Bonta. I think for me um, she's maybe up there in terms of when I'm looking at the possibility of MVP finalists, you know, I think there's usually comes down to about five or so. And I think she's putting together a very strong case um, to be amongst, you know, maybe perhaps one of the finalists. Um, But there's a ton of players who have been really stepping it up for this current side. I mean, uh, Victoria Pickett has been having an outstanding season. I mean, obviously we were very high in, on, on 80 French, um, Put together a really good string of games there where they had a lot of shoutouts and they want to get back to that, like Lil Labanta said. So, hopefully, um, you know, there's a lot here for them to take a look at and, and work on, like Labanta said. And we'll see uh, if they go ahead and tighten things up. And maybe the next one, they go ahead and get the win and the clean sheet. But uh, we do have another, another big winner. To talk about before we head into a break in the episode, and that's OL Reign versus New Jersey, New York Gotham FC. This one ending in a four-one scoreline, and that's what we wanted. I think I believe we both chose OL Reign in this one, Lisa. Um,
0: we did both choose OL Reign. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I uh, about, I think,
0: um, and we we talked about how Gotham's just been uh, been, been struggling. We, we,
1: we, we hopped on to an episode. We went live with it. We talked about, you know, the recent news in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the dismissal of, of Scott Parkinson, which was a mutual agreement, you know, uh, between both, uh, head coach and, uh, the franchise, everything that's been coming out about it has sort of looks like there's, there's no ill will or anything like that. But in the, in the interim, The news at the time when we were talking about this, Lisa, uh, that there was going to be an interim that was named soon. And that info didn't necessarily come out until after we had recorded, but they had named former Jamaican women's national team um, head coach. And Hugh Menzies as interim head coach. And there was a lot of excitement around that as well. And that type of stuff should be celebrated. But I think when we were initially talking about this, this particular moment for Gotham, um, that You know, I presented a question to you and I both, and I said, is this, you know, is this, does it matter at this point in the season? Is this a team with that we see week in and week out with the soccer that they play on the pitch, a salvageable type of season? And we both said no in this one. And so here we had, like, we had the preview and we both went, oh, well, rain. I would
0: love for them to prove me wrong. Now, what, two days, one day with head coach Menzies or interim head coach stepping in, but like they've also got
1: there. Yeah. On one hand, it's like, it, this is just like a a big moment that just happened for this team. So maybe they need some time to get adjusted. But the other side of that is like, there's not necessarily a lot of time to get adjusted in that sense. So maybe it is about right now, just trying to go out there, play some cohesive soccer, build on some good you know performances where you can catch them, you know, and I think on the on the whole right side of things, it's a little bit of the opposite. I think you're looking at Laura Harvey and O.L. and they are trying to solidify their 11, solidify their game changers who come off on the bench, mm-hmm. look at, you know, key scenarios. Lock in, maybe perhaps lock in a formation. Maybe they're not going to. I don't know. Uh, Laura Harvey has a mixed bag of tricks. You know, uh, what are we going to see moving forward? Are we eventually going to see, uh, you know, more consistent dual nines? Who, who knows? Laura Harvey's a coach, not us. We're just going to to <laughs> watch and, and see. But 4-1 in this one, you've got Rose Lavelle with a banger. You've got Megan Rapino with two goals, one of which was absolutely high right highlight reel worthy and uh, you have an own goal. And then you've got Taylor Smith with, I think perhaps a bit of maybe a consolation goal a little bit for, for Gotham. Um, Again, we're talking about things that we want to see good things that we want to see happen for Gotham. I would love to continue to see the, the evolution of Taylor Smith with this Gotham FC side. Um, But uh, all all three points for, for rain. I don't think uh, a lot of folks had, you know, betting interest on, on Gotham in this one.
0: No, I mean, and and Noel Rain. we know that this is a team that can create chances and opportunities. Rose Lavelle being back in the mix, getting the start 90 minutes. who has been dealing with a bit of a knock um, and and Rapino getting the start. There's just so many pieces there. And we've known this, that Laura Harvey side can create opportunities and chances. And they are so dynamic in that front line, especially with how much depth they have between the front three and the attacking midfielders. Uh, But uh, against this Gotham side, the defense for Gotham, Gotham was falling apart. I mean, when you look at it, the goals that happened and that all was able to score, I mean, Lavelle, uh, gets on the board first for all rain in the 15th minute. And this is just a heads up play by Rapino and Lavelle. It's a quick throw in Rapino gets it uh, behind Gotham's back line and, and Lavelle runs onto it. Gotham can't clear it. And before you know it, Lavelle's in and the last person you want one-on-one with your goalkeeper is Rose Lavelle, a fresh, healthy Rose Lavelle. And, and then the penalty kick that came right before the halftime. This was a defensive error by Jean in the back line for Gotham trying to play with this ball out and, and you You've got Rapino on your back who's going to give you a shove, going to put pressure and win the ball off of you and then draws the foul in the box. So Rapino not only scores the penalty kick, but she also draws the foul and then the own goal happening um, as the fourth goal, truly the insurance-insurance goal for O.L. Reign towards the end of this one. But, I mean, I think think that Taylor Smith is one of the brightest spots for Gotham right now, such a huge get for this Gotham side from North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in a complete agreement with you. I think at this point for Gotham, that's what I'm looking at, because we talked about this a little bit in that in that episode where we talked about the breaking news of Parkinson's no longer being the head coach. And I'll just reiterate it here in that, you know, there's you're, you're the coach is gone. So at this point. You're looking at at the players and the players have sort of some of them have gone on record as, as such and sort of alluded to this as well, like that they just sort of have to look within themselves now and try to go out there and and perform and compete. Um, so- like look
0: within themselves. What have you guys been doing all year?
1: Who knows? Who knows? Like, I know.
0: I don't know. I think it's got to be more than that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, maybe the coaching change will will shake things up a little bit. There's yeah, I thought
1: that the break was going to sh- shake things Same. up a little bit. Someone for them. I thought the like, okay, I was like, the
0: players who are gone. You know, the international
1: window is like open. Like maybe this is going to be the moment where you get a little bit re-energized and we just kind of didn't really see that. And then you have, I think this game, this this match in particular, was a good example of. Teams who are in the upper half of the table, not so much going out there and figuring things out, but just sort of sort of ironing things out and sharpening their knives, so to speak, versus like very low bottom half of the table teams who who likely are at this point not so much looking for answers, but just trying to find ways to sort of have somewhat strong individual performances. I think it was a good example yeah. of that, just two completely yes. different teams at different timelines right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to put it. Teams looking for strong... and Like, if I'm a player on Gotham at this point, I want to go out every single day and be the best that I can be. And if I'm a leader, if I'm one of those players that can actually use my voice and my leadership in the locker room, I'm speaking up now because they've got a negative 18 goal differential, 13 games into this yeah. season. They, they have got to do something. They've got to get a win, right? You want to at least... Get another win under your belt, even if you scrap out one point here and there on a draw, but have those individual player performances, so at least um your contract's not on the line.
1: Yeah, first win, first win for ol Rain in you know three three their last three matches, uh fourth straight consecutive loss for Gotham FC, their ninth of the season. And uh, we'll have more to talk about, but there's just a couple other matches that we've got to break down, Lisa. So we'll be back to chat the rest of NWSL Weekend and recap the Women's Cup after a quick break. Let's chat about Houston Dash versus Racing Louisville. The sole draw in this weekend, zero zero 0 between these two teams.
0: Lisa, I think we both went Houston in this one. Uh, yes, we both went Houston over Racing Louisville. And honestly, first 45 minutes, I was like, yeah, Houston's got this one in the bag. <laughs> I'm so confident watching this game on Friday night. I was like, yeah. I knew we both picked Houston, and I was like, we got this one. Done. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> it's a draw.
1: <laughs> Just back to feeling not great once more. <laughs> Listen, but I think another one of these seasons, we again, we're seeing some, some trends maybe in some of these games where we're looking at the level of play. Amongst certain teams in this one, and you're looking at a Houston that side, and it just sort of felt like at any moment, like they were going to go ahead and get that breakthrough, but it just didn't, it just didn't happen. And I know we were also sort of looking for like, maybe one of those, another type of those big games from Ebony Salmon against the former club, right? But the breakthrough just wasn't there in this one.
0: No, it it literally was not there. I was expecting it. Eight shots for Houston in the first half, three of them on target. They had um, .73 expected goals in the first half, which means they probably should have had one at that point. Um, But it didn't happen. And I was totally okay and still incredibly confident heading into the halftime at 0-0, knowing that the chances and the opportunities that Houston had, and then at the very end of this first half – Um, Racing Louisville ends up getting a yellow card. Uh, Satara Murray, defender for Racing Louisville, she gets two yellows and a red. So Racing Louisville plays the last three or so minutes of the first half, 10 players on the pitch, which is fine at that point. It's like, let's hold defensively. Then they've got halftime where they can discuss the tactics, how they're going to shift their formation, players on the pitch, uh, be a little bit more defensive minded while also keeping the ball a lot more and, and frankly, they did that. I mean, I'm going to give props to Kim Bjorka head coach for racing Louisville because whatever happened in that locker room at halftime for racing Louisville, it worked because at first half it was all Houston ball movement, creating chances, um, finding those open spaces, getting the ball to salmon, creating chances and putting racing Louisville under so much pressure defensively. And the second half racing Louisville picked it up with 10 players. They played better in the second 45 than they did in the first 45. Um, At the end of this one, though, the shots were still incredibly imbalanced 15 shots to Houston three to racing Louisville and 10 on target for Houston, none on target for racing Louisville. But at the end of this game, um, the tie, I think, it, it was huge for racing to to go down a player and end up getting three points at the end of this one. No, I'm sure they would have loved a win, but Houston stays at the top of the standings. Rachel Daly in the stands maybe gave him a little bit of a good <laughs> mojo for this one. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, yeah.
1: this was the farewell game, right, for, yeah. for Rachel Daly, but technically not – not on the pitch for this one, as she's officially heading overseas with the official transfer complete. But um, yeah, I think having a player sent off, I think yeah, I think to a certain extent, Racing Louisville is you know somewhat you know pleased to to have a point. But we've been having you know a couple interviews with Racing players, and they're tired of the draws. You know, they want they want three points, they want the win. And I think if you're Houston, I do wonder if you look at this perhaps is like a little bit of an opportunity missed opportunity. Did they need to necessarily like, did this type of result make or break them in, in this, in this month of this spectacular month of office that they've been having? No, not necessarily, but they are a team that had the better of play against the lower half table team. And they also had at one point, a player advantage. They were already had a ton of space to work with in this game against Louisville. And then you subtract a player that's even more. And they just were unable to take advantage of that. So maybe it's a little bit that this, this also thought had crossed my mind and in my live viewing of it. And I believe I tweeted it out, but you know, it's, it's the familiarity aspect for me as well. These are two teams that played each other a, a few times already previously during the challenge cup that comes into play. You know, we've noticed this season. When there is these multiple matches under your belt against a specific opposition, and sort of understanding the ebbs and flows of of the other team, that maybe this actually had the makings of a draw on it, and we just sort of decided to look past it. Dude, we did. it really we
0: did. didn't it. want to draw because this is like no, it's Yeah, we, we didn't did. want to draw.
1: Yeah, we wanted the goals and the win, but it just didn't happen. But honestly, um, for for Houston uh this this just extends a, a little bit of a streak for oh, for themselves as as well um but
0: uh not for Houston after this one and racing Louisville goes 3 ties in a row
1: oh and four of
0: their last five games draws for racing mobile so picking up points here and there but Houston is just yeah, this this well, time we'll did not hurt them.
1: Let's talk about another match that maybe had some, some folks wondering what happened here. It's San Diego Wave FC versus Orlando Pride. This one was a good old-fashioned NWSL after dark action Took kicked off at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. Orlando Pride undefeated and now their last six matches. Go in to San Diego and defeat the Wave
0: 1-0. Hang on for okay. a week. Hang on. I think that's the best way to put it. I mean, back-to-back losses for San Diego and Orlando picking up points in their last six games that they've played. It's Seb Hines, huge for him, a uh, coach for Orlando stepping in and, and changing this side. So Seb Hines gives interim head coaches a good name. Maybe Gotham's next on this, on this route of, of getting someone in and, and changing things up. Uh, but for San Diego at the start of this match, um, it, Angel or, Alex Morgan looked ready to go. She looked fired up. Uh, Kaylee Real got the start in place of Abby Dahlkemper, who was back. She sat out last week due to a red card accumulation, but um, Casey Stoney gave Real the start along with Gurma. And um, on the other side of it, Orlando Pride, uh, Carrie Bello. Incredibly talented, incredibly fun to watch this year. She did not get a lot of looks at the start of the season, um, and not a lot of minutes with this Orlando side. And she's just grown in confidence and in her play. And I would love to watch Abello in training to see what she's doing because um she is fantastic on the pitch in these games. But the this goal for Orlando coming from Maggie Doherty Howard in uh, a penalty kick opportunity it was I mean, an opportunity it was a huge opportunity it was like a bad handball by real in the box I and mean, definitely a handball but like just a soccer soft,
1: it happens sometimes
0: it was a soft handball like that the cross that came in wasn't that surprising it was just bad defensive plays like as a as a defender your hands need to be behind your back especially when you're defending and you have maybe 3 two yards between you and your attacker knowing that they could chip this ball in and cross it in and that's exactly what Orlando did uh they got the penalty kick MDH scores at one um at the end of this game post game I believe Kaylin Sheridan picked up a yellow at the end of it so post game picking up um a yellow but in terms of what Orlando did throughout this one they could have had or excuse me in terms of San Diego they probably could have had one or two Alex Morgan had a shot off the post in the opening seven minutes um there's a set piece opportunity again off the post for San Diego Aaron McLeod and goal for Orlando is being big bodied and, and getting in there yeah it was
1: ultimately um a red quite frankly um you know it was uh, I think a little bit surprising for folks and and I think because it was sort of end of game, uh, as teams were kind of clearing out, there was a lot of curiosity around it. Uh, saw something coming out of, uh, I think, uh, via Twitter, MLS referee sort of, um, giving a little bit of context in that, I guess it was just some inappropriate things that were said to, uh, the official, um, and making some, you know, alluding to to certain things like, um, you know max fixing, max match fixing and and things like that so um that's a big no-no i think when when we're looking at things like officiating and stuff within the game um there hasn't been any additional statements i don't believe from from san diego um around it um but disappointing quite frankly to to say the least um
0: from just a veteran, because, a seasoned veteran,
1: yeah, and quite frankly, the best goalkeeper in the NWSL mm-hmm. right now. Not, not something that I, you know, anticipated, you know, seeing from from Sheridan, sort of in a post game, especially. Um, quite frankly, San Diego had the better of play in yeah. in, in this game. You know, uh, Orlando was just very much uh, a team that was able to take their opportunities. There were there were certain stretches of momentum where I felt like Orlando was the better team at times in terms of the level of play but this isn't a match where the wave were unable to have an opportunity in front of goal we're talking about out out shooting orlando almost double 18 to or, uh, 19 to 8 yeah shots on goal 6 to 2 you know, and within that, three blocked shots was pretty pretty level there. Twenty-two three crosses, three the off the crossbar or the post. You had Alex Morgan hit the crossbar twice.
0: Taylor Corniak as well hit it towards the end of this game, like eighty seventh minute or so. Like they they were knocking on the door. Yeah, and and maybe that's why you at the very good. end of this game, when the final whistle blew, Orlando celebrated like they just won the national championship or <laughs> the NFL championship because they, they the well, body
1: language was very clear they were pumped they yeah. were
0: pumped and like well deserved right san diego is at the top of the standings for majority of this regular season and this was a very very hard battled game for both of these sides and san diego had the chances and, and they're thanking aaron mcleod and goal frankly for coming up big and being an intimidating factor in there
1: Yeah, like I said, twenty like what was twenty two crosses, right? I saw that they sent it to the box. So um, I don't think you can look at this game and say uh, that San Diego didn't have their opportunities to, at the very least, get a result in a game like this. So to sort of see it kind of end with a bit of you know jawing at officials after the final whistles, I think you know takes away from because now you're gonna have a your. Best, your starting goalkeeper is going to be unavailable for the next match. That versus that costs, Houston.
0: versus Houston, who is yeah. number two in the standings right now. That's, that's going not-
1: to, yeah, that's going yeah. to affect your entire team in the week ahead. You know, it's it's un, uh it's unfortunate uh, scenario, and I think you know we've been. This is the final game that we're talking about, so maybe let's talk about this and sort of um, a, a brief look ahead. You know, we're looking at this. We we do overall standings month to month. So we're still in August, but even in just this weekend alone, there's been some small shifting Uh in, in the standings. You've got San Diego who are in a large stretch of their first half of the season in first place. And they have not had, I think a, a, a good start to their second half of the season. And I'm including their one win in the last five games they've got three losses in their last five games and one win, yeah. and that was a narrow 1-0 win against chicago where viewing that there's a similar argument to be made to chicago where it's like they had the better of play during stretches and almost looked as if they could yeah. have had a result with the player advantage that's the game where they lost out on debbie uh, Dahlkepper happy kepper with the red so there's some there's something with San Diego, I think, in the second half of the season. And we talked about the concept of a long, you know, playing out the, the long grind of a regular season. So sometimes when that comes into play, when you're hitting the second half, sometimes maybe there's a level of predictability that comes into play after you've played a number of games. And you have there's a ton of footage out there at this point for the opposition yeah. to take a look at. And, you know, I think. When it comes to this game, I'm looking at the sidelines. I think it came down to the coaching and Sev Hines had a better game plan coming into this match than Casey Stoney.
0: And so we're looking at San Diego and what they've done their last five games. As you just mentioned, three losses, one draw, one win. And, and next week, San Diego will play Houston, who in their last five have three wins. So the exact opposite of what San Diego has, San Diego three losses, Houston, three wins. And as you mentioned, it comes down to the sidelines. And then Seb Hines for Orlando out coaching Casey Stoney in this match. Um, between San Diego and, and Orlando. And when you look at the Houston side, I think Juan Carlos Amaros has done a fantastic job with this Houston side, picking up three wins in their last five games. So next week is going to be very interesting for San Diego and Houston, especially because these two sides are number two and three Houston at two, San Diego at three in the standings. And I at that point Houston wants a top 3 because right top 6 make the playoffs top 3 get a bye you want to be as close to that top as possible and they're both with 25 points so next week's a huge game for these two sides
1: yeah we're we're getting we're cutting it close here on the final stretch let's let's close out with the women's cup if you weren't aware The Women's Cup also kicked off today alongside the Sunday matches for NWSL. We have chatted with a ton of players who are participating in the Women's Cup. Please go check out those interviews that we had. And you could catch all of the duration of the Women's Cup on Paramount+. Plus, taking place through August the 14th all the way through to the 20th expanded format this year we talked about that a little bit it's going it went from four teams now to six teams and there are multiple rounds of play within this including the quarterfinal round that took place today a semifinal round and a final championship cup round but there are also matches that are going to determine third fourth fifth and sixth place as well so it's an exciting time uh for the women's cup and there's not just one but two nwsl teams that are participating in it it's Hosted by Racing Louisville FC. All rain is the other NWSL side that is going to feature in this. But today's matches were the quarterfinal matches, Lisa. And we had AC Milan versus Tokyo Verde Beleza and Tottenham versus Club America.
0: Yeah, these games were a lot of fun to watch. AC Milan versus Tokyo uh, was the opening match of the weekend, and AC Milan winning 3-1 over Tokyo. They went up 3-0 and then conceded uh, a late goal to Tokyo at the end of it. So AC Milan will advance, and they will play Racing Louisville in Wednesday's semifinal between Tottenham and Club America. Club America up 2-0 at halftime over Tottenham. I was a little bit shocked to, to see how this game unfolded a little bit. Ultimately, Tottenham does get one, but Club America wins two to one. So Club America will advance. They'll play OL Reign on Wednesday as well. So lots of action happening. There's some midweek WSL. We got the yeah. Women's Cup. It's all in Paramount Plus. And if you miss any of this, I mean, if you miss these two international games between AC Milan and Tokyo and then Tottenham and Club America, they were very good games. But if you missed it, you can go to Attacking Third, youtube.com slash Attacking Third. We've got all the highlights for you there, so you can check them out uh, because we want you guys up on everything that's happening in the NWSL, International, and, of course, in the Women's Cup.
1: Yeah, I love that these teams have all uh, come through to to Louisville to go ahead and compete in, in these games. I thought the, the opening game sort of – I'm I'm excited for the duration of this tournament because I think these two two games kind of set the tone a little bit for how the, the remainder of this competition has to go. We're talking about a really big, a three, one win from AC Milan over Tokyo. And then the two, one win uh, for club America over Tottenham. I think that's a exciting time here talking to some of these players. Um, you know, Rosella Ayan specifically at Tottenham was, she was like, Hey, I'm looking forward to watching, uh, you know, Tokyo play and uh, Club America because, like, she really likes how technical uh, Mexican and Japanese teams are. So there was a lot of excitement from even players who were participating in this. And I think these games really sort of set up for, um, how things are going to be for perhaps a wild finish down the stretch. And we're going to be tuning in as well and keeping everybody up to date on everything, all things women's cup. Thanks everybody. That's all we got for you tonight on attacking third. We want to thank everyone who voted for us and a reminder to please check your email to see if you've been chosen to vote for attacking third in the final round. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. We're also available as a video. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back with more. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.